swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chests and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, five stars, all the good stuff. Make sure you head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and going over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. A dub. Um, doing it, doing it, doing, doing well. Uh, <laughs> doing it, doing it. Um, yeah. Don't really have much to share for this week. This is uh this has been an incredibly slow week. Theo got sick. Theo puked on me at some point this week. Uh, yeah, you know, just, just do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, and so because of that, there there are about two nights where he was sick. He went to the aquarium of the Pacific, and apparently, I wasn't there, but apparently, he was just rolling all over the ground and touching everything. <laughs> he, uh, he, he and his homie, and so yeah. Then the next day, he's feeling feverish. He's he's feeling feverish. We check him. He, he's he's running a temperature. Wakes up in the middle of the night. Pukes in the in his bed. So we got to got to change the sheets, do all that. Now we got to uh, burn a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I end up sleeping with him because he's feeling sick and, you know, all that goodness. And then wakes up at like six in the morning, pukes again in the bed. <laughs> so then got to do all that. Man. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then you just, you just go about your life. <laughs> like, And he's fine with him like a day or two because he's a kid and just bounces back like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, I completely forgot about it. Completely yeah. forgot about disrespecting you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, this is a pretty chill week. Um, just still like returning, returning back to normal life uh, post vacation and, you know, just, just doing the damn thing. How about yourself, A-Dub? How's your week been? Uh, my week has been pretty good. Starting to cool off a little bit, having more days without having to have that AC running from from sunup to sundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, noticing that I'm I'm developing a little bit of a green thumb. You know, I, I think I told you that I took my plants in to the, the nursery in order to get them checked out. My succulents were not killing it. And I saw some spotting going on on my, my ZZ plant. They told me that was normal, repotted it, stood it up a little straighter, and, you know, just, just sprucing your boy up. Uh, the succulents, I, I lost one, so I'm not happy about that. But they saved the other two. So it turns out I was, I was not watering those plants enough with my ZZ plant. I was watering it frequently enough but not enough by volume. It needed more water at the at the intervals that I was watering it. So now I'm watering everything just right. Bought another ZZ, got it next to the 
to the TV. Didn't mean to rhyme that, but you know, your boy's got natural talent. And yeah, bought myself a, another planner that should be that should be arriving pretty soon. So I'm going to swap that in on the the one that's on the, next to the TV, make it look a little nicer, a little geometric design, something that just has a little texture and makes the room pop, ties everything together. So I'm excited about that. That should be arriving next week. Uh, yeah, but got a little bit of a green thumb. One of these plants is outside my front window and it's really thriving. I'm seeing new growth like every day. It's getting it's getting more full. It, it's getting greener. It's reaching further out for the sunlight. And I'm like, all right, your boy's starting to learn mm-hmm. being a good plant dad. So, you know, maybe maybe I can have plants and maintain them. So I'm thinking my next move is to get a snake plant, put that in the put that in the bedroom, get some of those air purifying benefits that it brings you know just gradually increase so i want to get um i think they're called caladinas caladinas something like that it's a little flowery plant and so the secret that i've discovered to having the green thumb into being successful with plants is to make sure that you always buy the lowest maintenance plants that exist <laughs> therefore <laughs> you don't run the risk of fucking up too bad and you know i'm I'm what I'm one I'm I'm three for four right now and I got my fifth plant so that's going strong I'm trying to keep my percentage high keep my keep my my wind death ratio high <laughs> you know how that goes speaking gamer terms other than that just keeping the place clean I've finally got my finances to the point where I can start you know just buying shit again furnishing the place a little bit. I told you guys that I finally got my my bedroom set up, so my whole place is official now. You know, the living room is on some three status. The the kitchen's on like two status. Bedrooms on one status. So now I can finally get to that two Ultimately, I want to get to like a four Maybe I think four is about where I'll stop and just be happy with the ambiance. You know, just enjoying myself. Uh, a funny story. I was going to get a haircut, and the police had the entire block taped off, wouldn't let anybody through. Come to find out, they discovered an AK and a grenade <laughs> on on like Melrose Boulevard or Melrose Ave. So that was a little eye opener. And I believe there was a shooting around the Beverly Center a few days ago. It's it's wild out there in these streets. But yeah, other than that, just working, got my insurance cards, going to be setting that up, get back on my, my personal maintenance regiment, trying to get back into a regular workout routine, but hurt the hell out of my hand. And, you know, just trying to work around it for for every step forward. There's always some kind of setback or hitch, but it's not about stopping. It's about learning how to keep moving around and keep moving forward. Yeah, so a dub talking about keeping moving forward keep moving around what games have you been keeping moving forward with all right i got i got some interesting ones for you so first and foremost which you can check out on twitch.tv slash control issues pod is a dub finally at long last completing chorus so this is a game i played the hell out of it when i got it i love myself some spaceship battle type games major fan of rebel galaxy outlaw the original rebel Rebel Galaxy. Um, what is that other one? Everspace. Uh, you know, 
No Man's Sky has a bit of those elements in it. Uh, Galaxy, The Dimensional. I love me some of that. Um, waiting patiently for Everspace 2. Haven't tried Elite Dangerous just yet, but you boy got it on deck. Yeah, man, those are, that, that's such a underappreciated genre, I feel, because they're very simple games. They always have just rock solid mechanics. And, you know, you really, if you really want to understand and master spatial orientation and control within a game, understanding where things are in 3D space, how to quickly acquire targets and engage with points of interest. You should really invest in one of these games and it'll just change your whole perspective on when you're playing like your standard Call of Duties and things, you'll just understand better how to move and orient yourself in a continuous motion to be able to engage with the things that are happening all around you. So yeah, I love these kind of games. Played the hell out of chorus, got to maybe 80% of the way through the game. I thought I was closer than that and I stopped playing it for several months. But once I beat um, Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West, I decided it was time to go back to Chorus and just pushed it all the way through to the end. Took a hot second to get reacclimated to the controls. I don't know if reacclimated is a word, but that's what it was. Got reacclimated to the controls. And from there, it was kind of child's play getting through there. So it was an enjoyable experience. I greatly appreciated the game. It's got a lot of good things going for it. There's not a lot of depth or customizability to it. It's just a very straightforward situation where you have three weapons, weapon classes that you swap out with different gear. You have different upgrades and things you can put on your ship. You're constantly upgrading your hull and your shields. You also get additional abilities known as rights that allow you to do things such as, you know, completely short out a ship and it's and its shields, leaving it open to attack or just drifting in space until it collides with a solid object and explodes, which I take great joy in. You know, you got a you got an energy dash where you just plow through your targets and you can warp in behind targets and things. So it's it's got like a little bit of a action oriented kind of combat with it, but also with that ship fighting foundation. So I highly recommend Chorus. It's a fun little game. Get in there. Deep Silver knocked it out. Um, I also got back into playing Crypto the Necrodancer, which I don't believe I've streamed yet. However, been playing it. It's, man, that game is rough because of that whole, you have to move on the tempo of the song. And there's a little beat counter at the bottom or a metronome or whatnot. And it keeps you on, but it's also a roguelike. So it's tough as hell. It's randomized. And you also have to move on beat. So it's got that additional layer, which just makes it like, ah, oh, the one benefit with having to move on beat is that you don't necessarily have to move on every beat. So you can let the enemies kind of play to your benefit. Like, I'm just going to stand here. They're going to come at me and then I can just stab them on beat. <laughs> <laughs> just hitting them so i finally got past zone two i'm now in zone three i believe zone four might be the last one however someone online let me know that there's a fifth zone that unlocks and i'm just like hey if i see the credits i'm calling that complete <laughs> i'm not putting myself through any more of this it's a it's a very tough game i love it 
greatly. These are the kind of games I live for. However, I'm very excited for it to be done. Uh, I also dabbled in a little bit of cyberpunk, just continuing to do more side missions, trying to get inventive, running around with my with my active camouflage and my my reinforced ankles that allow me to high jump, as well as my my sword, it's cutting people's limbs off, sneaking in, cutting off heads, head hunt, hunt for heads, <laughs> <laughs> doing that. And then over the past couple of days, for no reason whatsoever, I decided, hey, maybe I can enjoy a new season of Diablo Three. And boy, did I! In one day, I took a witch doctor from level one to Paragon level 100 and like Torment 8. <laughs> got a good got a good spiders build where I'm doing billions of points of damage. I, I've got it set up to where my gargantuan is now three smaller gargantuans that are much stronger. Mm-hmm. And I've taken my zombie dogs and turned them into one big zombie dog <laughs> that does a whole bunch of damage. Uh, I got rid of the fetish army because summoning them didn't seem to be having the same effect that I was used to. I remember when you were playing with the witch doctor, you were always running with like an army of 15 fetishes just with their giant daggers as big as their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, let me tell you, dude, playing this game now on, on the TV that I have now is something that I recommend you do for yourself. I think you deserve to see these visuals with this rock solid frame rate. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just huge. So you can really see everything and enjoy it. Like dude, we were playing on tiny ass TVs back in the day. It like every game looks new on these modern televisions. So that's a big recommendation. But yeah, at this point, I'm almost to Paragon level 300. And this is two days later. Paragon level, like, I'm Paragon 280 plus. I'm on Torment 12. And I'm, I'm just cutting through these enemies like it's nothing. I think I'm going to go up to Torment 13. I'm, I'm getting my legendaries going. I have a bunch of stuff in my stash because I want to try to do that's what I do whenever I fire up a new season of Diablo whenever I play a new character I I find my comfort zone and then I pick out some kind of build that I never indulged in in the past and try to see how I can make that work or how powerful a particular attack can be so with this with this attempt I'm going to try to lean toward the zombie wall and maybe perhaps the zombie charger. And I think I, I could do something with that because I want to get those zombie bears going just for that that visual aesthetic. So I'll keep you guys updated with what I do there. However, it's Diablo. It's doing its thing. It's outstanding. They even got a new rift called the Nightmare Echo where you go into this, it's just rocks and it's a very small platform. Enemies start spawning and they spawn continuously as more enemies fill up the level, your bar, your overwhelmed bar goes up. And once that's filled, then it's over. As you're defeating enemies, you keep going up, up more tiers. So it's not like, you know, stage one, and then five enemies come out, you clear them. Stage two, six enemies come out. It's just enemies just keep coming, you keep dispatching them, and the tier kind of just keeps counting, 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 counting. Uh, I got up to like tier 60 before I got taken down. 
And that rewarded me with a legendary gym that has no use other than to be added to a piece of equipment in order to bolster its power. And that dropped at level 59, where normally you would have to go through multiple greater rifts and talking to your girl, Urshi, doing three or four levels at a time, every greater rift. And, you know, that takes five, 10 minutes each. With this, it just took a handful of minutes and now I have a level 59 gym. I can socket that. Well, not socket it. I can, I can augment a piece of equipment with it to get the abilities that you would normally get if you took a high level legendary gym. So I think that's a cool little addition for the season. Also getting double Roger caches. So I'm just stacking those, those, uh, stacking those bounty resources so I can extract legendary abilities. It's awesome. I'm having a blast. But AMC, what have you been playing? Probably one game, that being Golf Story, that that girlfriend game. Um, Yeah, putting in more work there. Pretty much at the end at this point, we made it to the pro course. And at the pro course, we did all you know, a lot of the um, the setup to the conclusion story stuff. Um, we had to do a couple of challenges um, that let that are leading up to this final tournament. I had to I had to do a match play against my coach's son, who I guess is like his uh, I'm not his estranged son. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> we had no idea he had a son this entire time, and then you meet the son, and there's a whole backstory with the coach and him and how their relationship fell apart. But now they're back together. I had to challenge him. I beat the sudden, which I guess is the last thing I needed to do to finally earn the coach's res- respect going into the tournament. So I handled that business with that match play that gave me uh, an entrance to the, I guess, the pro final, the pro tournament. Um, so we stopped right at that point and we went all around that final area uh, of that um, that that clubhouse and there's npcs all over the map and you can talk to them it's the same thing in pretty much every every clubhouse that you get to or every course that you get to um and you talk to the npcs and they'll always have some challenges do those challenges you earn some money the money is experience slash money and then you can take that money and go to the uh pro whatever it is the uh, the pro shop and that's where you go and you you buy your new clubs and and, and all that good stuff that helps contribute to your character so yeah, we're going. We we went through all the NPCs. We did all the side challenges. They were focused on all the different skill sets that you come across as you play in the game. Whether it's putting, um, approach shots, uh, chips, uh, hitting from the bunkers, um, trick shots, things like that. Um, there's this one character NPC that you come across throughout the entire game, and he'll come up with his own, um, his own his own course within the course. So it won't be where you would normally tee off from. It'll be from a different area. And then you're hitting across the map, trying to get to like the hole. And, and so he'll have his, his own um, made up course within the course and you do it on each of them. And so we did it on the final pro course, beat that. That took a couple of times. We, we got to this one putting challenge where we failed it so many times that as we were like, all right, fuck this, we're going to start like taking, taking screenshots, mm-hmm. writing down, how hard we hit it and at what angle because there's slopes and all this stuff that you have to take into account uh on the putting green to um that affect the uh the trajectory of the ball toward towards the hole and so we kept missing to the point that um yeah we, we started like just taking notes on it and as we started taking notes that's when we beat it so it was like it was almost just a, a focus thing like it, it 
the equivalent being waking up the next day and just being better at a video game than you were the night before and you were playing it at like two in the morning. Um, we just we just focused and we handled that business, finished that one. That was the last of the uh the side piece challenges. And so now we're we're on to the main course. So we stopped it right there and we're gonna we're gonna pick up where we left off um either tonight or next or sometime this week. Beat ideally, I think that will be the end of the game. And then we'll have it beat. And then I just bought our next game, which will be um a co-op game. I I believe, yeah, I think it was released by Drinkbox, the uh, the makers of Guacamele. This being No One Saves the World. It's a co-op game. It looks mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Oh, that game. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Excuse me, I choked on my tea once I realized it. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, No One Saves the World. I've, I heard, I've heard a lot of good things about that. It looked really awesome. That's the one where you you play as a, a character named No One, but you you gain the powers of like everything. Yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> yeah, like, you're, like you're a rat. <laughs> you're, like, you just saw these you're a horse. You're a broom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything has like its own moveset. It's benefits. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. It's a co-op. Or you can play co-op, and yeah, as you as you pointed out, you get access to so many different character types that um. Uh, that like you, you can have like a, a just a different experience while playing with somebody else and not plays the same character and you know guacamole all uh, the both guacamoles some of my favorite games some of the best uh co-op games i've played and so and never played severed but i heard that that game was good for the psp so they just have you know just a catalog of great games and so this one had to be played and it'll be on that list of a potential game of the years we'll see so i wanted to get another you know 2022 game in there so that'll be one way to play a girlfriend game and to play another game for this year just to put it on that list so that will be the next game hopefully i will be playing that it's already on the console i just got to beat golf story and then i can move on to that other than that, uh, played about an hour of Elden Ring. That's just how my life goes these days <laughs> because uh, Marissa's loving golf stories, so I, I'm not getting my solo gaming time in. And when I would have some solo gaming time, I've been putting it into, uh, what is it, uh, Demon Slayer. I, I finally ran, by the way, Deb, I finally ran into... So they did introduce the orange hair kid during the final selection exam, but that was it was very briefly. And no, so now they Yes, yeah, so now now they brought him back. He is absolutely the shit. And then um the boarhead dude slash chick looking dude. Um Oh, you saw his face. Yeah, yeah. He, he's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yet like he's just like the most caveman of caveman. Animal at all times. <laughs> doesn't understand when people are being like why people are being nice to him <laughs> yeah. his only way of like solving issues is by fighting <laughs> he's, just, he's absolutely ripped uh, yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely amazing though great care great characters love the orange hair dude loved his uh his 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 bitch madeness, but then like goes to sleep and then is just the drunken master. <laughs> like <laughs> he just calling out his thunderous attacks. <laughs> that, that awareness while he's asleep that, that is absolutely that's awesome. such an amazing character. He can character like trait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a master samurai when he's yeah. unconscious, <laughs> and that's the last thing you ever want to do is knock him unconscious. Otherwise, he's just a mark ass bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, which they they kind of did that in Naruto, where like I think it was like Lee, like it's like 
Oh, wait, no, that was, I think he became drunken master. It's like when he gets drunk, yeah. he's like unstoppable. Like, oh, you got him drunk. Uh oh. Nah. <laughs> like he, he could go toe to toe with Guy Sensei, but only when he's drunk. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, that character is great. Boar, Boar's Head Guy is great. And um, that show is just absolutely amazing. It's, uh, I, uh, a sidetrack on that because it has nothing to do with video games, but I've been holding off watching it um, outside of watching it, you know, on TV. And I finally was just like, I was at work and I was like, man, I'm at work. I can't watch anything. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk. I'm like, you know, fuck it. I got some free time. I'm, I'm actually going to try this out Hulu on my phone. And I did it and it was absolutely amazing. And so now I can watch demon slayer all the time. And so I, yeah, I've been putting in work on demon slayer. Um, but yeah, I, to get back to video games, played a little bit of Elden Ring. Um, yeah, just I, as I said, only put in about an hour, so don't really have much there to say. I was literally at the point where I was like, "Do I need to play a different game?" But you know that it, within that hour, I got a couple spells, did a couple things, and I was like, "Yeah, this game is amazing." So, mm-hmm. continuing the push forward, and hopefully, I'm just going to get to a point where this game is just going to open up in a way because I I'm getting to a lot of places where I'm kind of like, I'll get to a boss. It's like, all right, not quite at that point where I can take them on. So I'll, I'll move past that, get a little bit stronger. So hopefully I'm going to be at a point where I can just go back to all these places that I've kind of just marked up on my map and just, just handle business thoroughly. Cause I, I've, I've definitely passed up on a couple people where it's just like, I'm almost there, but not quite there. So it will be nice to go back, handle that business and see what, um, what boons I get from those battles. But a dub. You know about the boons. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of, of the, the week. week. You want to lead it off, a dub. We got we actually got some topics in uh what seems to be a slow news cycle. Um we've we've been getting some topics, but a dub, what you want to lead off with? I'm gonna lead off with something that came completely out of left field that I don't think anybody expected. However, I think it might hold some of the greatest reveals and announcements that we're going to see this year. So we all know the Gamescom is coming up. It's going to begin on Wednesday, the 24th. It's going to end on August 28th. And along with that, we received an announcement from an unlikely source. So the good folks over at Disney and Marvel are going to be having their first ever showcase in September. So it's going to be well after Gamescom, uh, the digital showcase will debut during the D23 Expo on September 9th. It's already promised updates on Marvel's Midnight Suns, Amy Hennig's Marvel Ensemble game from Skydance New Media, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga, and Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, Marvel Games, Lucasfilm, and 20th Century Games will all be present to some degree during the showcase, bringing reveals, announcements, and trailers for new and upcoming games, according to Disney. So it's going to be streamed online, meaning that even if you're at the D23 Expo, you can still follow along with that. And this holds a great deal of potential. So we already know some things that they're going to be showing. However, there are other things that we can hope they might show. For one, me personally, I'm very much excited at the idea of the possibly finally revealing the Ubisoft Massive Star Wars game. So Ubisoft Massive, those are the people behind the Division and the Division 2. You can only imagine that if they're working on something Star Wars, maybe maybe we'll get the Battlefront that will end all Battlefronts. I don't know. But AMC 
with this Disney Marvel showcase coming out, with them having a lot of things on the table, but even more things underneath the table, is there anything you're looking forward to and anything that you would like to see? Uh, looking forward to, I mean, it, it's announced right there. It's Amy Hennig's ensemble game. Um, mm-hmm. Curious to see what ensemble means. Like, are we thinking a team like Avengers and established established team, the Defenders, X Men? Um, I mean, there, there's so many routes that they could go uh, with that. Or is it going to be kind of more of a Midnight Sun situation where it's literally an ensemble uh, of just like heroes that you like that not necessarily make up a team that's established, but all basically all thrown together to handle some business mm-hmm. and then who, who makes up that team will be even more interesting. Uh, Cause I, I, I am liking this idea of like the, the midnight suns, how they just, you know, um, Dr. Strange, Wolverine, <laughs> Ghost Rider, <laughs> like, like, it's like blade. It's like a little bit of like a little bit, of, a little bit of everybody that you love and not necessarily people that you would think, uh, have anything to do with each other, but thrown together in this situation, and to see how that dynamic comes together and the personalities, um, how they maybe clash and then get along and all that stuff. It'll be interesting to see how they build that out within that game. And so with that, Amy Hittig, um, I wonder what characters, um, yeah, might be thrown that way for was it Skydance? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what that is, and also it's just the fact that um, you know. There's so much, so a lot to do with like Amy Hennig and oh, like she's like, mm. like she's been ready to put out the next great game. And it's just like the publishers keep getting in the way <laughs> of her releasing the next great game. And so now this is the opportunity um, to, you know, really um, fulfill the those expectations from the fans that have been, um, you know, saying that like if she were around, Naughty Dog would be killing it. If, EA didn't get in the way, we'd have an awesome Star Wars game and all that good stuff. So but yeah, we that ended up getting an awesome Star Wars game from EA and Naughty Dog is killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what game um that like yeah, that that they might be working on, especially if it's at all like female led, um, to see what characters might be drawn from that from that standpoint. That would uh, be kind of awesome. Yeah. Can she put can we please get Spider Gwen in a game? <laughs> yeah, I know Spider Gwen would be awesome. Um, I mean, we got She Hawk the show <laughs> just debuted, um, and then there's just so many other great characters, Storm and and what Marvel, what, Ms. Marvel, all that stuff. So Psylocke, Captain Marvel, yeah, Psylocke. There, yeah, there's so many characters that they can have. Witch, uh, Dazzler, the Wasp, <laughs> yeah. Jubilee. Uh, <laughs> Jubilation. <laughs> Jubilation Lee. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's so many great characters. So um who Jean knows? Yeah, who knows uh what what they might be drawing from uh as far as like that pool of talent. But uh yeah, really looking forward to that. Um expectations. Um I'm just expecting just greatness, just because uh Marvel Marvel DC not Marvel, Marvel and uh, Disney. There's just so many properties there. And there have been, are been so many Star Wars announcements, like with David Cage's game and all these other, you know, Ma- what you mentioned with Massive's game, um, that just to see some some representation on the Star Wars front from one of those developers or one of those studios would be awesome. Um, as a surprise, they, they led with Skydance, so... I'm withholding anything else big beyond that. Um, mm. 
Mm-hmm. I imagine some of it will probably be saved for, especially like the Spider-Man driven stuff will be saved for a Sony showcase, um, Sony showcase, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe Disney's like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're, 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 this is our first one. So we're just going to go all out with this, but <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, uh, there's so much there that they already can be working with. Um, we've already seen um, a little bit of reveal of, what was it a kingdom hearts so maybe we see more more gameplay footage or just more reveal of what they have to do with kingdom hearts yeah. um, because that that community is always just waiting for anything related to keyblade magic and sorcery and hand to hand combat yeah sorry and roxas <laughs> yeah so i mean there, there's there's a lot there um that they can draw from uh i'm not expecting anything from spider-man 2 or wolverine but if we see it that would be great but you know i think that's something that sony's gonna want to they're gonna they're gonna want to show off at their own showcase and maybe disney would also want to you know spread out because that is one of the things you want to spread out some of the attention um so you, don't, you might not want to overshadow amy hennig's game and come out with mm-hmm. a, like two other greater games or possibly as great games so um we'll see what they have to show beyond that but if it's just you know the sky dance game and then everything else that we're aware of i would still consider this a uh success because the excitement's already there and there's so much for them to go with i mean more midnight suns is a, is our is already something that i'm looking forward to so yeah this is gonna be awesome um you expecting big things adub you know i don't want to build unreasonable expectations but at the same token this is their debut showcase they've really been putting a lot of effort and attention to detail as well as quality control into their return to video games so i think if they have the audacity to have a showcase then i have a feeling that they're they're not just going to settle for just dropping one big thing i think we're going to see two maybe three big things dropped uh yeah at one at one token sony more than likely does want to reserve the Wolverine and the Spider-Man reveals for their show. But at the same token, we don't know what kind of deal that they struck up with Marvel and Disney. Maybe Marvel and Disney have, have the right to refuse the opportunity to make any kind of big announcements or reveals. And like, my feeling is that if they have a showcase, then they have things that they want to show off. So it's very reasonable for them to be able to possibly do a gameplay reveal of spider like a brief gameplay reveal of spider-man 2 and wolverine like maybe a a snippet montage you know like teaser teaser action and then sony can have the big like five ten minutes of solid gameplay with the release window and all that so there's room to do things to different capacities if they show choose however if we we know of various things that are on the table for Marvel, which it's Marvel and Disney. And while it sounds like a lot, there's really a lot more that could be going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. So I think that there will be at least a handful of surprises. We'll get some good looks at things that we already know about. And yeah, just looking forward to the stuff that we already know is going to be on the slate, but I'm much more interested in things that we don't know about. Really hoping to see something significant from Star Wars and something significant from Marvel. And I'll call that show a success. If I walk away with something new that I want to buy 
or if I walk away seeing something that I haven't seen before, that's a win for me. Mm -hmm. but let's get into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. AMC. Here's another surprise one, or at least it's a follow up to a lot of speculation, but and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of concerns. Couple of petitions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we got some news. A dub this week, some news about uh, Kojima, Kojima Productions. A dub, <laughs> Kojima Kojima uh, some Death Stranding news. Oh, I, I know there's some speculation about Death Stranding two. Norman Reedus maybe spilling the beans on that that second one. <laughs> we'll reckon on that second one. What is that second one, Norman? I don't know. Another one. Uh, no, 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 no. Nah, this has nothing to do with I this. I would story. love if Norman Reedus just looked at the camera and was just like, another one. <laughs> we the baddest. Um, with so, a fucking yeah. Versace shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, uh, by way of IGN, A-Dub, developer Kojima Productions and publisher 505 Games announced that the original version of Death Stranding, not the upgraded director's cut, not will it be available on xbox pc game pass <laughs> it'll be available on, yeah, on pc game pass you um at 5 p.m 8 p.m eastern time on august 23rd uk 1 a.m if you want to get on it right away <laughs> oh. oh you gotta uh, you gotta change your region yeah. uh, make the, the uk account <laughs> Yeah, the original version of Hodeo Kojima's critically acclaimed and genre-defying Epic Lands uh, on the Microsoft ecosystem for the first time available to audience who are subscribed to the PC version of Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> so this is interesting. Um, so hey, Dub, uh, we'll get we'll get into this. Um, what are your thoughts as far as you know? There there have been um, talks about. Kojima and in his relationship with Microsoft and you know the community the, the Sony community quickly got upset about it and they're petitioning you cannot put out a game on the Xbox <laughs> um we won't have it yeah yeah and so now we find out this is at least this is part of it or this was what um the partnership was with Microsoft that Ko like Kojima and that was being alluded. Uh so I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on you know Death Stranding coming to PC Game Pass? Does this mean anything more as far as um anything that he might be working with with Microsoft in the future? And is this a blow to Sony as like some people might think it would be? Well, I mean, the game launched simultaneously on PS5 and PC, so it's been on PC this whole time. It isn't like it's coming to a new platform. It's just being offered on a service. That's no big deal. This business as usual. We know Kojima's working on a, a Microsoft game, so, you know, it's not necessarily giving us any insight into their relationship or anything. You know, this is, this is just par for the course, and, you know, people are going to have opinions about stuff even when it's not necessary or warranted. You know, this is, I don't want to say it's a non-story because we're covering it as a story. <laughs> yeah, man. It, Death Stranded. People hated the shit out of it, and it still managed to be successful despite that because Kojima's a goddamn genius, and y'all need to get with the times. And yeah, man, it's people on PC who haven't played it already now are going to be able to enjoy it as a part of their service. 
and people who only have Xbox uh, have Game Pass on Xbox are paying for something they don't get to play. So that's weird. That's all I feel about that. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Um, I think it's a good thing. One, um, it's yeah, it's available. It's uh, you said it was already on PC, but now if somebody had Game Pass and they hadn't bought this game, now they have access to Death Stranding yeah. and. Getting a game in more people's hands is always a good thing, as opposed to trying to hoard it all in one ecosystem. Yeah. Like, oh, this is this is only mine, and so I win because of that, even if I don't care about the game or yeah. I prejudged it. So yeah, that's uh, it's good. It's good for Kojima that like you know he can get his ha- his game in more people's hands because yeah, by all the um, by all the initial reaction. And then the actual reaction after the game was released, um, people enjoyed this game so much that they really enjoyed, like when the director's cut got announced and it was going to have all that new stuff, people were excited about that. And people were excited about the potential of a, of a sequel. So yeah, um, I think it's overall, it's just, it's, it's a good thing that Kojima, and it's also good. It's like, uh, we, we discussed it last week that, you know, there is this thing about like Sony and exclusivity and like they, they purposely like try to keep games off of certain platforms. And so we see right here that they, they couldn't <laughs> stop uh death stranding from at least ending up on PC game pass. So who knows what, what deal they struck as far as console goes, but um, Microsoft was able to work out this deal. So it shows that, you know, there are some, I don't know if it's loopholes or, you know, they don't have total control over this man and his likeness <laughs> to be able to work with other people. Um, and as you said, they're going to be getting a game on Microsoft. So I think it's it's good that Kojima is able to, you know, spread his wings and, you know, float around and give people goodness in, in all the ecosystems. So. Yeah, I think this, if anything, I think it's a good story that like, uh, that, you know, it's, it's not as much of the, the bad side of like console wars, like as far as like hoarding, it's, oh, like, yeah, now, now these people can access this that were maybe against it at one point. What you got next in the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. Uh, let me see. Well, I'm going to get rid of that Death Stranding story. Let me take a look. I'm going to give you some media news. A little something going on with you, with you good folks at Sony. Apparently, in addition to the God of War television series, in addition to the Horizon television series, in addition to the Gran Turismo television series, we just got news that Sony is working on a movie for Days Gone. That was leaving room for the oohs and the ahs. (laughs) (laughs) I thought AMC, especially because you're such a big fan of Days Gone, I thought you would have loved this dude. No. You you haven't played it, have you? I have no interest in playing it. (laughs) Uh, Such a good game. (laughs) But yeah. So Days Gone, you know, this game has quite the tumultuous story with it. I mean, people were trying to write it off as just another zombie game. Sony only knows how to make one game. It all looks the same. The Last of Us clone. Uh, game ends up being very unique and a pretty damn good zombie game. Probably the ideal zombie game that I've been hoping for ever since you know, The Walking Dead came into prominence and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, damn, I need to game like this well days gone isn't exactly like that but it's about the closest you get 
you play as your man Deacon St. John, you're part of a biker gang, and you're rolling around in this post-apocalyptic environment that is overrun by the undead. At the same token, it also introduces what's known as hordes to the zombie genre. Uh, up until the release of Days Gone, I'd never seen a game that actually not only has like, you know, just your random roamers and their little groups and things like that, but they also have hordes, which are just these hive mind type of just zombies that number in the hundreds. And once you once you agitate them, they just come at you from all corners nonstop. And you gotta set up traps. You gotta run. You <laughs> you gotta do everything you can to just whittle those numbers down and eventually clear the horde out, which is entirely possible to do because your boy has done it. And yeah, man, this was quite an excellent offering from Ben Studios. Um, they also are, you know, very into the biker culture. So this was a game that very much reflected their their personal tastes, their, their company culture, as well as did a great job of encapsulating the zombie experience. So within this game and the story that it told, there's a major cliffhanger at the end and it sets it up perfectly well for a sequel, which Ben tried to shop to Sony and apparently Sony did not greenlight it. Instead, I believe they had them working on like a remake of some sort and we just might not get the days gone too that some of us might want. It came out to, you know, okay reviews, did very well in the United Kingdom. And it, it turned it turned people's opinions around once it actually got into their hands. Uh, one of the main things about Days Gone that really made it stand out was how the game opens up and changes as you progress through it. Uh, what you're doing and what you have access to at the beginning of the game changes substantially by the time you get to the end. The open world offered plenty of surprises and unique kind of encounters that were completely random. I believe the open world itself was designed by one person, which in itself is a marvel of technology <laughs> achievement. So Sony Ben did an excellent job with this game. And while we don't know what's really going on with the sequel, at least we know that a movie is in the works. Uh, Sony PlayStation Productions is developing the film. Uh, it's going to be from the story developer of X-Men First Class, Sheldon Turner. And the movie is going to be produced by Vendetta Productions and PlayStation Productions. So, yeah, man. It, not, not exactly what I was hoping for when I wanted to get more Days Gone content. However, I will take a movie that can be done extremely well in this day and age. I'm a big fan of horror, big, big fan of of zombie movies, also a big fan of Sony properties. So this is a win on all levels, in my opinion. I just hope Sony Bend is getting a piece of that action for all their hard work to make this game what it is and get it to this point where it could be adapted to this kind of medium. AMC, are you thinking about possibly getting tickets to see this <laughs> in a AMC theaters so A-Dub can get that little boost in his stock value? Yeah, I know. Um... Yeah, no. Uh, so, with Days Gone, what I remember, it was one of those situations like, oh, with the launch, um, with that game, <laughs> I believe that they sent out like review copies, and the review, the review versions of the games, um, didn't run the greatest, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of the story that was getting out before the game launched, and and so the game came out, and 
people are already down on it at, mm-hmm. at at launch game got patched and i mean the game ended up yeah being like um a, a very respectable game uh but yeah it was just one of those things that because of the way the game i guess was released <laughs> uh and just like that all that whole narrative it really hurt the uh days gone um just uh you know from getting like a fair shake in the very at least the early onset when it was uh, re- uh released to the world so that was unfortunate mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, yeah, then there was some of the stuff like with the, like, it was kind of the reverse of the SJW where there was like, uh, just another white, white character, white biker. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you realize like, oh no, no, no. It's like Sony Bend, there is like, there's a lot, it's, there's a lot personal within this game that went into creating it as far as like the locations. And as you said, the biker culture and things on those lines, like it wasn't just a, Hey, let's let's try to find a white dude oh biker all right cool and now let's throw some zombies in there and we have a video game like it was there was, it was something very personal to that studio and i i believe it uh it showed with the uh the final release yeah uh so with all that said on a personal level not not really interested in this um in kind of <laughs> I, I i don't know like when i when i saw days gone like the game itself i was like oh this is kind of cool but um I, I just there's something that didn't draw me in to wanting to personally play the game. I actually own it through I think uh, PS Plus, and then play uh, it, play uh, it, get on my level. I know. And then <laughs> uh, and then yeah. So and then with the movie, it's just um, I don't know. I mean, when I saw Uncharted, I was already kind of like on the fence, and seeing that it did well, I was I was happy just because that franchise. I love that franchise from. Mm-hmm. Uh, standpoint so to see it do well uh in the movie space and just see see tom holland in something and see it still do well um it, it was good because there was a lot of like oh tom holland can't be drake but i mean the movie ended up selling well so nanny nanny poo poo um <laughs> yeah so to see that do well that was great um uh yeah but i don't know it's biker fighting zombies in a movie uh i i, I, <laughs> I don't i don't really necessarily need to see it uh, but hopefully, yeah, it does well because I want to see everything do well and I want to see the best. If there's a version that is going to be great, I hope that that version gets made. And so, yeah, um, I'm going to keep my, you know, keep my judgment open, not not just immediately just cast this off to the side. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not personally excited for this, but we'll see what happens if it comes out and it ends up being great. Then the assumption is they can make anything from that point on and it'll be great. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. And yeah, Sony just just doing it. I can't wait to see whatever the destiny adaptation i want to see what yes. that's going to be because that that's the big one um i think destiny can can do some big things so just waiting on that to show up in some way shape or form uh from the media side so amc you're definitely going to be waiting for streaming for days gone. i'm going to be what waiting for streaming for days gone. yeah exactly it just it all depends i'm not sure what how sony what Sony's like deal is with their uh, streaming properties and where they end up. Cause you know, like obviously Disney, you know, it's going to end up on Disney plus, but we still haven't seen the Spider-Man movies on Disney plus. So I'm not really sure like where Sony's like properties end up. Um, is, is Uncharted on streaming? Yeah. It's on, what is it on? Netflix. There you go. So yeah, if it shows up there, maybe I'll check it out. See, see how it is. See, like much, much like how you're doing with Days Gone, I cast Uncharted aside. I was like, I don't want to see Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg cosplaying 
as two of the most iconic <laughs> <laughs> characters out there. And, you know, it came to streaming. I gave it a watch. And as much as I didn't, I didn't want to enjoy it, I had a good time. It's, I don't feel bad for not seeing it in the theater or supporting it because it's still not my Nathan Drake. But at the same token, it was, it was fun and I like what they're doing with it. I'll probably see Uncharted 2 in the theaters because it seems like they are paying, a, a, they're paying, I won't, don't, don't want to say a great deal, but above the minimum amount of respect that the property deserves. They've been recreating iconic sequences from the game. Uh, they have the big set pieces. They have the over-the-top action. And they're they're following the story beats a bit. I'm liking Chloe. She was dope. And yeah, man. Uncharted was better than I expected it to be. And that's a win for everybody. And like you said, I want everything to be good, just like you do, because something being bad doesn't benefit anybody. Something being good benefits everybody in some way, shape, or form. Consumers have something else to watch and enjoy. Video game movies continue to distance themselves from the negative stigma that followed them for decades. And, you know, the companies that are making this stuff are encouraged to make more of this stuff so we get to be awash in the content that we've always wanted all this time. So, yeah, it, it's a win all around. Hopefully Days Gone does well. It has plenty of, of sources to look toward for inspiration as well as just reference in general. I mean, Walking Dead did really well. There's a bunch of modern zombie movies these days that are doing well. Army of the Dead with your boy Dave Bautista got Tick Nataro in the in the sequel. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the sequel, but in that movie. Replacing Chris D'Elia after that whole unfortunate incident. Yeah. So this is going to be great. But let's get into our next topic of the week. To topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. A-Dub, we have July 2022 in P-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day-Day
as of Honest. June, as of June, so it's even higher at this point. <laughs> yeah, moved fourteen million in the first month, another two point six in the three months following. So tremendous slowdown. Definitely suggests that sales are front loaded and that everybody who wanted Elden Ring is doing everything they can to get it. However, it it might have legs. It might keep marching its way past twenty. So we'll see. But Elden Ring doing exceedingly well from software greatly deserves it, and the gamers greatly deserved it because it is one of the greatest games ever made. Yes. Uh, number four, another new game, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Very nice. Number five, Call of Duty Vanguard. I thought nobody wanted this game. Yeah, yeah. Call of Duty's dead. Yeah. Where's Call of Duty ever? Activision sucks. Mm. Oh, wait, Microsoft mm. wants to buy them now. They're the most powerful company ever made. Mm. Number six, <laughs> MLB The Show. Seven, Mario Kart 8. Eight, eight. We have another new one. Digimon survive. Digimon, All right. Digital monster. Charting. Digimon I still Monster. need to look at that because I, I kind of dig the visuals that they're going with. And I've been looking for a good Digimon game. <laughs> yes. Uh, number nine, Minecraft still selling. Number 10, F1 22. All right. Now we're going to run through these through the 2011 Kirby and the Forgotten Forgotten Land, Super, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Overwatch. I thought nobody was buying Overwatch. Thought that game was dead. Pokemon oh, Legends. Getting ready for part two. Uh-huh. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Far Cry 6, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. <laughs> so three Call of Duty games. God, and man. 20 to round out the list, Monster Hunter Rise. Still Still moving. Um, let's do the top 10 best-selling games of 2022 so far. Surprise, surprise. Number one, Elden Ring. Number two, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga. Three, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Four, Horizon 2, Forbidden West. Five, MLB The Show, 22. Six, Call of Duty Vanguard. Seven, Gran Turismo. Seven, eight, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Nine, Mario Kart 8, 10. Madden NFL 22-2-2-2-2. All them damn sequels. <laughs> yes, and we'll go through the top five of each individual console. Nintendo, number one, Xenoblade Chronicles 3-2, Mario Kart 8, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and five, Animal Crossing New Horizons. PlayStation, Nothing but first-party exclusives. <laughs> exactly. PlayStation, top five. One, Elden Ring. Two, MLB The Show. Three, Multiverses. People buying it on PlayStation. Or Call of Duty Vanguard. And five, Minecraft, craft, craft, craft. But and apparently it seems like one of the major pushes is coming from the Xbox A-Dub because number one, Multiverses. Two, Elden Ring. So on PlayStation, it was number three. On Xbox, it was number one. And those two combined were enough to make it number one best-selling game of the month. Uh, let's see. Two, Elden Ring. Three, Call of Duty Vanguard. Four, Call of Duty Black Ops. Three, and five, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. And as far as on the, on the hardware front, PlayStation 5 generated the highest dollar sales of all consoles in both July and 2022 year-to-date, while Switch has led those same time periods uh, in unit sales. So, A-Dub, I guess the only thing I would say to you as you were, as you, were, as you brought up, a free-to-play game, A-Dub. So we've seen other platform fighters come out 
and just not have the same success as Super Smash Brothers. You know, we think of it was a PlayStation, PlayStation All Stars. <laughs> yeah, we had the what the the Nickelodeon one that came out uh, not too long ago. Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. <laughs> yeah, and we are seeing Brawl that. Holla. Yeah, I, and I was going to say we have actually seen some success from the free to play platform fighters. That being one Brawlhalla, and now multiverse is coming out in a big way um i what i don't know what is that what does that speak to as far as um what is multiverse is doing right to actually find a footing within this space that has been traditionally you know dominated by smash brothers i think the one thing they're doing right is the only thing that developers should focus on primarily when making a game it's a good game <laughs> i mean multiverses has passed the t- 10 million player mark. It had a peak of over 140,000 concurrent players during its beta its beta launch. And it's apparently it's just a good game. I haven't seen anybody have anything negative to say about multiverses that has played it. I've seen a lot of people who haven't played it saying all kinds of things about it and they couldn't be further from the truth because people who have played it constantly come out to let them know, "Hey, it's not like that. Hey, it does have this. Hey, you on some bullshit. So, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely one of those games that when announced, it's like one, all right, free to play. All right, so it's going to be predatory with their microtransactions. Mm-hmm. And then two, there was that, you know, I kind of hate it because it's just so fucking overplayed. But there was that quote unquote cringe factor of, uh, you know, just having aria or just some of these wb characters i mean lebron james is in the damn game mm-hmm. um and seeing them in video game form like people thought like oh like this is just gonna be some you know marketing bullshit <laughs> for w- cash grab yeah cash grab bullshit free to play cash grab and next thing you know people are, are are happy to play with velma and shaggy <laughs> in a video game yeah, um, people are expecting finn to get nerfed he's currently the at the top of the meta <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, keeping it going. Yeah, just like defying all the um, all the negativity, like something that we discussed with Death Stranding earlier. It's, it's something that we've seen somewhat as of late. People just trying to downplay something, and it ends up just exceeding the expectations. Um, and so, multiverse is in a big way doing that. <laughs> the internet got it wrong yet again. I mean, yeah. it, it, the game has. I mean, look, you have you have it as a smash. A smash like let's let's turn that into a genre but it's a smash like it's filled with iconic characters across wb's portfolio you got batman you got shaggy you got steven universe beetlejuice coming Beetlejuice coming. <laughs> yeah i think uh stripe from gremlins coming oh damn black black adam coming you know you got to come before that movie drops yep so that's big marketing crossover potential there it's got wonder woman got bugs bunny <laughs> Um, it's so it's got the roster. Apparently, it is a rock solid game. You know, you can play it one on one. It it has a a focus on team oriented combat. So it's not you just your yeah what that duo duos <laughs> yeah duo. So it's it's not just you getting your ass whipped by everybody else on the field. It's you and somebody else getting your ass whipped by everybody else on the field. So yeah, it's it's got a lot of things going for it. It's coming into a market that up until now has been completely dominated by Nintendo with the Smash franchise. As you noted earlier, Nickelodeon and Sony threw their hats into the ring unsuccessfully. Their hats were thrown back, and but they, they got it right. They put it out free. People still decided to spend money on it. 
and it's a solid game. People want the characters. They want the new content. Think, what, Rick and Morty are in it? Or was that delayed? I don't know. Maybe it came along. Who knows? But there's never a bad thing about there being another good game. And there's also never anything bad about people choosing to spend their money on it, even if it's free, because they are signaling to the industry and to the developers of this that, hey, even though it's free, I enjoy what you're bringing to the table so much that you deserve my money. <laughs> <laughs> so just let it happen. You know, gamers, they don't want to pay $70 for games. They don't want to pay $60 for games. They don't want to pay anything for games, but then a free-to-play game comes out and they don't want to play that either. So, you know, all these opportunities where gamers online have a chance to make their voices heard, have a chance to participate and support the things that they enjoy, they continue to just leave their ballots blank and not represent the gaming community at large who is out there supporting things. This is the reason why we get good stuff, not because people are online complaining about what is or what isn't, but because people who are offline are buying shit and showing the world, hey, this is the kind of stuff that resonates with us. So, you know, as much as this is a victory for WB, it's also a victory for the 10 million players who have supported and spent their money on multiverses. So hopefully this will encourage WB to continue to utilize their properties, not just to make money, but to actually make the best games they possibly can. What you got next, A Dub, and the next topic, topic of the of week? The week. Top, topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I got. Speaking of making money, <laughs> yeah. I, I got one for you. Got some Diablo. For news, so we know Activision Blizzard with the the pending release of Overwatch Two, which will replace Overwatch One, which people who own Overwatch One will be able to play online for free on day one. And if you want to get that single player content, then you can go pay for that separately on your own of your own volition. Uh, Overwatch is dropping the loot boxes. Instead, they are going with the battle pass route and it looks like that same approach is coming to diablo 4 so yeah. while diablo 4 isn't out and diablo yeah. itself has never really had loot boxes other than the core mechanic of the gameplay which is to knock loot out of anything and everything on the screen they're going to be avoiding a loot box oriented uh, monetization, and instead they will be opting for a battle pass uh, in Diablo 4. Uh, a premium single-player game. Uh, <laughs> so, let's just get a little details. Uh, uh, first and foremost, and they can't stress this enough, the items that you purchase through the battle pass, or the items that you get or get to unlock, but I don't know how battle passes work, obviously, because I choose not to pay for them if I don't want them. However, what Blizzard has let everybody know is that you will not be able to pay for power. So what this means is that you aren't going to be buying gear with stats and things that give you an edge in the game itself. With the battle pass, you're going to be buying cosmetics and things like 
that uh, you're also going to get access to premium currency, which I imagine, yeah. which I imagine can be used to allow you to buy even more cosmetics and things. Uh, post-launch content will instead be structured around seasons that will rotate every three months, like seasons in Diablo three. Each season is going to feel like a fresh start for players. The season journey model from Diablo three will return. A free, pro a free progression system that lets players earn rewards by completing challenges. And Blizzard will also offer a more traditional seasonal battle pass, too. This is branded as the season pass. Uh, this progression system will let players earn cosmetics and premium currency with free tiers and premium tiers available. Blizzard hasn't shared prices of the season pass or how many tiers will be available to purchase. The in-game shop will offer a variety of different customization items, but the best-looking cosmetics aren't exclusive to the shop. Diablo Force Fancy's armor will be item drops that players can earn through playing the game instead of just buying them. Again, Blizzard made clear that nothing offered in the shop grants a direct or indirect gameplay advantage. AMC lies. <laughs> AMC, how do you feel? Lies. <laughs> you lied to me. You lied to me. You're like Anakin, you lied to me. Um, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Great, great, great. Um, as I've mentioned in the past, and as, as you said in the pre-show, you know what's awesome about you know live service, about all that all this shit, is that it will continue. It 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 almost guarantees that this game will be just supported for years and years and years and years and years mm -hmm. and years. As I've mentioned in the past, I've still played Mario Kart Tour on my phone. It is the game I play every week. It is the it is this sleeper game that I play all the time that I never discuss, but yet I play all the damn time. Literally, my Tuesday night is devoted to Mario Kart Tour and getting the top of my tier in the rankings mm -hmm. before it uh, starts anew for the week. And one of the reasons why I love Mario Kart Tour is that they continue to support it, which means there's constantly new courses coming. There's constantly new characters coming. They're always making new specials, new content, new skins, new everything. And if people want to get it sooner, they buy it. And if they don't, they roll it in a loot box and you might get it. Um, and you get gems and you take that currency and you get more loot from the loot boxes and it unlocks characters. <laughs> But you know what's most awesome about that is, as I said, you get those new courses. And what people who love Mario Kart love is new content. Because in Mario Kart 8, there had been a, there have been years that there was not new content coming to Mario Kart 8. And Nintendo, out of nowhere, announces, hey, we're going to start dropping some booster packs that have new courses for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the console version of Mario Kart. And then lo and behold, when they start announcing the battle passes, or not the battle passes, but the booster packs and the courses that are going to be on those booster packs, a lot of them end up being courses from Mario Kart Tour, the game that nobody wanted to play, that nobody wanted to support. Mm -hmm. Because that game exists now, now the console version of Mario Kart is getting new courses. A game that came out years ago, probably I think on the Wii U. So we're saying going back to probably like 2017 ish. Um, so yeah, 
you're welcome. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and and with that, we know that with the season pass and the battle pass, there's just going to be a ton of extra content that comes with the game. And you're just going to be unlocking a ton of new shit as you're playing the game. In the past, you played it and you just had to grind it out. And that's how you got new content. Then they start putting out season passes. So as you're getting the drops, you're also getting, you know, the rewards of the season pass. And now you will be getting the rewards of the season pass, also the rewards when it drops, and on top of that, the rewards from the battle pass. So you would just be getting content on content on content on content on content. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can get into the minutia of how you would like that content to roll out and how it would be accessed in a way that you would prefer. But all it really is is just an invitation to play the game more and to interact with it and more and to engage with it in pretty much the ways that you would in the past, but now you'll be getting content in two newer ways than you would have expected. Um, if you were say discussing from the Diablo two standpoint, Diablo three came with that season shit and it was killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a net positive all the way around. I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to try to pick holes. They're trying to find issues with this game because they don't like blizzard. They don't like Activision. They don't like anything that they represent, but they continue to roll out the hits. And when they put out shit, people discuss it. A dub, what do you think personally? How do you think that? How do you think that you're gonna pro- personally like? How do you feel about those battle passes? And how do you think uh, it's gonna ultimately impact the uh, overall community's thoughts of the game? Well, I mean, I I have a very good idea how it's gonna impact the community's thoughts. <laughs> uh, a lot of people who don't bother to read anything beyond headlines are already forming their hard judgments about how. Blizzard is nickel and diamond us, and this is some bullshit. It's, but you know, as we just read with all the details, it's it's quite clear to see that the monetization that they're introducing is not going to be integrated into the core of the game. It is instead being layered on top of the core of the game. You still have that pure, pristine single player experience, that Diablo experience that we've all come to know and love. And then you also have these additional levels where, you know, maybe you just don't have time to grind it out for 100 hours, hoping you get that one special drop that's going to give you the look that, that completes your fashion your fashion Diablo souls look. So, and yeah, and it's all cosmetic. So you're not going to be paying for power. It's not like you're going to be buying legendaries and ancients out of the store. And it seems like Blizzard has done the monetization correctly for someone like me. It's not so much that I would want the stuff. It's not so much that I'm not going to have the hundreds and thousands of hours to put into the game to earn everything in the most honest free manner possible however i love diablo i love blizzard i could give a damn about all their controversy and everything that's going on because that's their problem and they're sorting it out my issue is is the game good are you supporting with this monetization layered onto diablo 4 we can take the pristine shining example of Diablo three, which is still being supported to this day with season after season after season, got a premium expansion that added the crusader class and gave us a fifth act with the reaper of souls expansion. Uh, We also got the necromancer added as a, as a premium class that you could purchase. And those are the only two things you ever had to pay for with Diablo three to get more of the experience. Everything else 
that has been updated on that game has been absolutely free. We've gotten The Last of Us content. We've gotten Shadow of the Colossus content. We've gotten additional riffs. We've gotten Adventure Mode. We've gotten we've gotten greater riffs, Nephilim riffs. We've gotten Uber bosses with the Infernal Machines. We've gotten Key Wardens. We've gotten all kinds of free content added to this game, performance upgrades, tweaks, balances, and new legendaries, new levels of legendaries. You've got ancients, you've got primal ancients, set items. Blizzard knocked it out the park with Diablo. So we can expect all that. And with this layer of monetization, you know, if people get off their high horse, step off the soapbox, and actually support the games they enjoy, then we're going to see, at the very minimum, that same level of support. If they're making money hand over fist with these with this monetization, you can best believe that they're going to be paying that back to us with additional content. Because if it's set up like this, then they have some obligation to continue to hit us with content in order for us to possibly spend our money on. So that's that's the exchange that goes on there. I'm excited. So I get to play Diablo 4. I'm going to play the hell out of it for free. Well, not free, but I'm paying for the game. I'm going to play the hell out of it without using any of that monetization. And if I see anything I like, if I see anything I feel adds to my personal experience, then I will for sure throw down a few extra bucks. It's nothing to me. It's the same thing with Overwatch. Like, I, I'm i not a big supporter of loot boxes, but I'm also not anti-loot box as well. It was nothing to just spend some money on loot boxes. They put in the time and the energy to make that content. They, made, they put the time and the energy to make that rock-solid gaming experience that took the world by storm. The least I could do is kick back a little money and continue to support the developer that continues to support me. So, that's how I feel about it. However, there's some other people who don't feel the same way. Yeah. They feel a little different. Yeah. They feel a little left out. Yeah. They feel a little, little, little shrugged off. Yeah. They feel a little, little miffed. Yeah. They feel a little milfed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, children, we. Troll number one says, Battle Pass in a $60 game. Yikes. Next troll says, I just read Diablo 4 and Battle Pass in the same headline. It threw up a little. Just a little bit. Little acid reflux. Next troll says, A fucking battle pass, really? I hope this game fails. Next troll says, So, I buy a $60 game and immediately need to shell out more money in order to get the rewards being taunted at me and then need to spend money every three months to keep up? I have a real bad feeling about this game. Well, you probably have a bad feeling about it because you're wrong. Next troll says, yeah, not buying this game. If I pay $60 for a game, I did not want to pay extra to play online. Microtransactions are the hemorrhoids of video games. You can live with it, sure. But boy, are they annoying. Yeah. So you have or had hemorrhoids? Is that what you're communicating to the entire world? That's an odd choice of words there. Uh, not buying this game if I pay $60. I do not want to pay extra to play online. You already pay extra to play online. 
because you have PS Plus or Xbox Xbox Live. So you're doing that already. Don't give me that line of bullshit. Second of all, you don't have to pay for the Battle Pass. It's there if you want it, but it's also not there if you don't want it. So don't buy it and keep playing the game. Next show says, laughing my ass off. Hard pass. Last show says, Diablo is the only Blizzard franchise I like. And now I'll ditch it like they ditched the loot boxes. So they got rid of something that you don't like, which is loot boxes. And now you're going to get rid of something you like, which is Diablo, because they have some optional payment that you don't need for stuff that you can earn for free. So, I mean, this this right here is emblematic of why the industry goes in the directions it goes in. You guys are overreacting and freaking out about something that on paper and likely in practice will have no material effect on your enjoyment of the game. But just the idea of it being there and your preconceived notions about these things means that they're 100% going to be like that in this game, even though Blizzard is expressly telling you that it won't be. And you're just going to pull your support from the franchise. Okay, so then your dollars will no longer speak for what the game will be in the future. And you're basically just handing it over to the people that you don't want to have it. So you gave up, you quit. That's on you. That's not on Blizzard. That's not on Diablo. They're trying to give you what you want while also trying to make a little something on the side in order to give you more of what you want without having to charge you for it. But, you know, you see it your way. Nobody can do anything about that. Good riddance. AMC, how do you feel about these trolls? Um, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, pretty much we, we laid it all out there why we don't have issues with uh battle passes i for one i don't really ever buy like i don't think i ever bought like a, a loot box in overwatch um i haven't spent a dime on mario kart tour this idea that that the microtransactions the loot boxes that they're there means that you have to spend money on it it's it's like saying like well like i mean there's a fast food place right down the street so i have to go to it it's like no no, no mm-hmm. you, can, you can walk by it every day and make your way to the healthier spot uh it's it's your choice and uh just because other people are going there doesn't mean that you also have to interact with it um and so that's like i don't know that's always the thing it's like well people are going to take advantage of it and buy it that's why they make it and it's like yeah one that is exactly why they make it but also it doesn't matter because they got that bit of equipment or that cosmetic before you it has nothing to do with like your your experience with the game you can play it and then unlock it through the the means that the battle pass lay out for you or you could pay some money but it's not something that's absolutely necessary that's vital to you playing the game um one thing you learn about with like any any diablo at least the 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 recent diablo uh diablo 3 is that there's never really a best loot like there's never really like a best thing like i got this item and now i will never need another witch doctor staff or i got this thing and now i will never need another one of these because it's all set driven or even just combining things to min max and so you'll always find something that's slightly better that has a slightly better role to it or slightly better like uh, 
this that works that works in combination with this piece of equipment um and so once you get past that mentality then there is no reason for you to be upset that somebody else got something that you don't have because likely what you have is what's exactly needed for you in that moment and if you keep playing the game you'll eventually get something better and then you'll change up your character build to um to work around that and so that's just how Diablo has been working as of late. And so there is no necessary need to buy in, to buy anything to have a better experience with the game. It's just because other people are engaging in that way is what upsets you. And by the way, there's going to be plenty of, you know, media outlets that are going to be just constantly monitoring this and talking about it. And we'll see. We all know how the launch of Diablo 3 went. And then by the time where we're at now, people have long forgot all the issues that they have with Diablo 3 at launch. And so I imagine that's what's going to happen here. People are going to have all their issues with Diablo 4 at launch. And then as the game evolves, as you know, as the developer reacts to what people are engaging with, what people are ignoring, and they refine the game, reiterate, and you know, just expand on all the things that are successful and you know, cast aside all the things that aren't. Um, the game is going to be exactly where it already is going to probably be, you know from my standpoint at launch, but in a way that is more acceptable for the greater community. So I have only great expectations for Diablo for a dub. Yes. Chola week. Chola week. Chola week. We are at the quick hits portion of the show. Um, let's see. What do I have here? Gotham Knights has gone gold a dub. Oh, uh, announced this in a Twitter post uh, announced by W Warner Brothers Montreal. Oh, some more WB properties. Montreal. Oh, yeah, you can't even read it because it's in just an, actually maybe you can read it. I couldn't read it. It was in French. Uh, let's see. Warner Brothers announced that the co-op themed superhero brawler has gone gold. This and this is very early. Uh, yeah, very early in that the game doesn't come out until October 25th. So plenty of time to work on this game. As as we're aware, it's going to be more live servicey. Um, and so because of that, you want to make sure that all the network stuff is worked out right. And um, even the the more RPG-based elements of the game are balanced correctly. So yeah, um, for a game that's been delayed, great to hear that it's gone gold. Um over a month out out of uh, out of launch. Um, what do you think, A Dub? What was the question? No, just, what do you think about Gotham Knights going gold at this point? I think it's fantastic. Looking forward to the release of of my Barbara Gordon Simulator. Been waiting a long time for that. Hopefully, Marvel takes note and makes an Into the Spider Verse game where I can play exclusively as Spider Gwen like I've always wanted, or just make a Spider Gwen game and you know don't do all that other shit. However, it, with Gotham Knights, um, I'm looking forward to it more than likely reviewing well and being spoken of highly. And yeah, people realizing that they wrote it off for no reason because, oh, my Batman, where's my Batman? It's like, God damn, like, what? When it comes, DC is so weird. Like, it's just so much Batman worship, but to the exclusion of everything else not batman <laughs> like if it's not batman or superman people just hate it but they're dc fans so i mean if you want another batman game probably be a good idea to support gotham knights because those are batman characters it's in the batman universe and if it doesn't do well then yeah maybe 
maybe WB will just keep pumping out Batman games, but then that also puts it at risk of being derivative and stale. At when you're supporting something that takes place in the universe, it incentivizes them to take the risks to do things differently instead of just playing everything along this tried and true formula of, well, they, they only like this Batman, so we're only going to make this Batman. Like, you, do you want them to turn into EA and just pump out Star Wars, pump out Madden, <laughs> but just call it Batman, like Batman 2022? You want that? So, yeah, man. Support stuff. Support the things that are in the universes of the stuff that you like. Encourage risk-taking. Encourage creativity. If you don't do that, that's when things start going bad and you're all that's to blame. So, yeah. If it's not a good game, then by all means, don't support it. But if it's a good game, there's no reason that people shouldn't be all over it. It's got four characters. Surely of them, you have four chances to find something that you like. Who knows? Maybe Batman will pop up because, as I've noted in previous shows, he has a history of faking his death in order to expose his enemies and show up at just the right time to save the day. So who knows? The one thing that's holding you back from the game might have been a nice surprise that they had planned for you for supporting their game and taking a risk on them like they're taking a risk on this property. At the same token, it's also non-canon, so you don't have to worry about it being a part of the Batman Arkham series of games storyline. Is I really don't want to see a good game fail for no other reason than, oh, I couldn't be this character. That would be tragic. So that's how I feel. I'm watching Gotham Knights closely. I'll probably get it somewhere down the line. I'm in no rush. But we'll see what's going on. AMC, have you expressed how you feel? Or is that on the horizon? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I love my, my Nightwing. And so the, the idea of Nightwing, <laughs> Nightwing being available in a game for me to play, that is absolutely amazing. And then we could co-op. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, as you're saying, like when you put out not too many, but when you put out, you know, a third version of a game, then people start getting petty and all they care about is, oh well, you ruined the Batmobile. It's like, well, there's so much game to it. And it's like, but you ruined the Batmobile. Ah. And that and then now you don't get any more Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you don't get any Batman. Um so yeah. <laughs> So just remember that when you when you bitch and complain about like you're like you're like we want more Batman and then they take one thing and then you focus on that one thing and then make the in entire game about that one thing then they end up just taking the note that maybe we shouldn't touch that thing for a while and so that's what we're we're kind of seeing here and as you said you know Batman could show up hopefully he does have the Batmobile and the, and the controls are exactly the same. Now let me ask you a question, AFC, yeah. especially since you just made this revelation just now do you think that the entire reason that we got gotham knights instead of another batman game was because they were afraid to take another risk with batman so instead they're taking the risk with the side characters to see what lands before they go back to batman oh totally i think that's exactly like this is the the I, even though it's not the, the equivalent, but this is kind of like the Miles Morales, like the 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 you know we're gonna we're gonna have this spinoff 
kind of kind of go to a different place for this game and then we're going to come back in a major way with the next batman title uh, and so i think this was kind of like their you know we're going to take a breather from batman and, and give them a taste of the bat that bat family and then we're going to come back with that real batman in the next one like why why is it so hard or at least why is why is the industry seemingly not leaning toward doing the best thing for Batman they could possibly do, which is make that year one game. I know. I for me it's yeah, exactly. It's the like why are, I wanna be I wanna be kind of like the uh the Spider-Man version of Batman where there's like there's pedestrians and like I'm I'm breaking up a, a robbery. Like mm-hmm. it's not like I just gotta fight super villains all the time. Um like I want to be able to like you know, break up like a robbery in progress or, you know, some guy, some guys getting mugged in the alley. I want to come and fuck that, that shit up with like two punches and then move on. Like I want, I want that Batman. I want to be the, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood detective vigilante, not just the, the superhero that takes on the most biggest of the baddest of enemies yeah. um, of, of the grand conspiracies. I want to be the Batman that fucks up. Every time. Yeah. I want to be the Batman that misses a grapple and lands in the trash. (laughs) I want to be the Batman that gets knocked out and the criminals get away. I want to be the Batman that gets shot by the cops and has to hide out in the sewer. Like, that's the Batman experience I'm looking for. The one where you're you're vulnerable, where you make mistakes, where you're human. And it's, it's more about survival and evasion and really using the shadows to your benefit while... And then you can have that skill tree where it doesn't make you a better Batman like previous Batman games have been doing. It instead makes you Batman. So all those mistakes and things along the skill tree, it's eliminating those gaps and those vulnerabilities until eventually you become that polished Batman who just shows up and strikes fear in everybody. But at first you were just kind of a, kind of an asshole who could get it together. Like, it, that's... I feel like too often with too many properties, it's always about being at the prime and going beyond, where I feel the meat of everything that would really make people not only enjoy these characters more, but also make for a far better gameplay experience is starting from their origin and getting to that peak. And then there's like a whole in game where you're just a badass. Come on, (laughs) come on, fellas. It's right there. The answer has always been right there. We have the technology. We can do this. Let's make the games that people really want and deserve. Yes. Uh, do you have any other quick hints, Ado? You boys, it's Sunsoft are coming back. <laughs> uh, an article from Cat Bailey over at IGN. Headline reads, Sunsoft is back to remind fans of its NES glory days. Uh, basically, what Sunsoft is doing is they're going to be reviving classic Nintendo games that they published. And yeah. The blurb says the revival of original game porting to game consoles is a big part of our strategy. This is coming from Sunset General Manager, Sunsoft General Manager Yuichi Ochi. We have a plan to bring our original titles to current consoles, two or three titles a year. 
So first, they're going to be starting with a game called Iki Unite. Uh, that's they're going to have a. It was a new game based on the Kusoge or crap game that once sold more than five hundred thousand units in Japan. Sunsoft is also releasing a port of Gimmick on Switch, PS4, and Steam later this year, with a port of a game entitled Euphoria to follow in twenty twenty three. So, if you've been a fan of Sunsoft, if you're old and gray like your boys here, control issues, then you probably remember. A lot of NES games had a lot of good times with them. So this is some good news. We're getting blast from the past. Um, they were first established in the 1970s. Uh, Sunsoft found fame on the NES thanks to classics like Blaster Master, Spy Hunter, and Batman. Uh, their games were known for their excellent graphics and high-quality soundtracks, which took advantage of the NES sound chip in unique ways. <laughs> Hopefully, at some point, they will bring back Blaster Master, Spy Hunter, and Batman. I still have my original copy of Batman on NES, it was, it was, I wasn't where I needed to be in order to be able to get the most out of that game and do things that I knew were possible within it. However, if it gets brought back, your boy's getting on that as well as Blaster Master. I think my dad was in the Blaster Master. He was also in the Robo Warrior. I don't know if that was a Sunsoft game, but Blaster Master was shit driving around in that all-terrain tank. Then you get out and <laughs> getting on foot. Probably the first game I ever saw where one, you had a vehicle, and two, you could get out the vehicle and, and do shit. So, AMZ, how do you feel about Sunsoft bringing back the glory days of the NES, their presence on that classic console? Um, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot about them. Um, but uh, as you went through those games, I. I used to love the shit out of Spy Hunter. I don't even mm -hmm. know if like you could beat that game. <laughs> like, <you> just, <laughs> it was just constantly going, but you know, when that uh, forgot, like this song was like, <laughs> but the music was classic. Sounds like James Bond. Yeah, it, it was basically a James Bond like ripoff. And driving into like the back of the trucks, you get like the power ups, which are like, you get like the oh, oil slick. Yeah, I yeah. remember that day. <laughs> yeah, you get the oil slick. Um, there would be some cars where they would have like the cars that you're fighting against. Like it would have like the um the tire shredders on the side of the car, so you gotta avoid like bumping into them from the side. But you could like run, you could run other cars off the side of the road. Then there would be like stronger cars that you can't bump. So then mm -hmm. you gotta figure out how to take them out. You get different weapons. Um, the, I think there's like air, like like air as far as like you know like um. Not air, but like dust. Like you can like the smoke. Smoke is how I'd put it. You can release smoke from the back of your car. You get the oil slick, and then there's like some a couple of other things. I think you can get like a rocket. Because uh, at some point, um, I think a helicopter shows up. <laughs> it's like starts trying to drop bombs on you. Um, it, it, it gets drop awesome. Bombs on your moms. <laughs> yeah, they keep on forgetting. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so so many great um so many great moments in spy hunter so what i'm hoping is that if they come back they stick to that retro feel but then you know bring it to a modern day um you know a modern day audience and so yeah if they can so because i've been loving like my my retro my retro games uh mm -hmm. I, I i've heard like some people like i guess that there's like some controversy with a 2d hd or whatever the fuck it is or the 2.5d but i, I love there's it. controversy with it i guess some people don't like it <laughs> I don't know that. Like, I heard, like, uh, uh, like there's some game that was getting ported and they were going to do the 
2.5D, like um, not ported, but you know, remade, and mm-hmm. then a 2.5 thing, and people are like, oh, we don't like how the sprites look. <laughs> it's like, all right, this is why we can't have nice things. I know exactly, but I right, yeah. Anyways, going back to the Sunsoft, um, yeah, if they can kind of bring back those games in their retro style, but then to a modern day audience with a modern day look, I think that would be absolutely awesome as opposed to, you know, just their Sunsoft, but now they just do, you know, open world games or whatever people are doing these days. Um, something that brings back what made them, you know, unique of that time, but then with a, a modern day polish, that would be absolutely awesome. And to see those properties come back. Cause yeah, I loved uh, spy hunter absolutely love that that's that batman game mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh everything else that they worked on uh so yeah um who knows what they have coming but uh good to see uh an old giant come back uh do you have anything else i'm out of quick hits do you have any other uh quick hits they do well, let me ask you a question so in the spirit of the sunsoft news are there any classic NES games you would like to see brought back and perhaps be given the 2.5D treatment? I mean, that's a that's a side question, but are there any classic games? Doesn't it, it doesn't have to be Sunsoft, but just any developer? I mean, the easy uh, one. This is SNES game, but yeah, Final Fantasy VI. Give me oh, that. Course. Give me that. I know they're just holding off. Also, a given which you brought up in the past. Give us some Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but of those, like just games that are just waiting. To, to make all the money it's just yeah you know that they know that how much money they can make from <laughs> bringing those games back in some way shape or form and they just want to make sure that they do it right so i think they're just waiting for the perfect opportunity to unleash those things on the world again uh other than that um get, uh, like dude final fantasy 6 if they don't do 2.5d what i don't want them to do is like 3d polygons what i think would modernize final fantasy 6 while not compromising the gameplay or the overall game design is if they did an illustrated kind of art style where it's like like, what they always show like on the cover of like the final fantasy games yes (laughs) which you never get (laughs) yeah like if if it was hand drawn it like maybe even cell shaded or just just straight up illustrated like everything hand drawn instead of sprites i think that would not only preserve the the core game design but it would give it would give it such a visual overhaul that it would look the way that it was intended through concept art and i think that would seriously pop and that would really sell that game uh, personally, I would like to see Mappy Land come back. Yes. <laughs> Primarily because I want to be. <laughs> I could never get too far in that game without it glitching out on me. So I want my second chance, goddammit. Um, I would I would also like to see Damn, what's the game? I want to see Bump and Jump come back. Do you know about that bump and jump? Oh, I know I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about bump and jump. Every every like decade or so I bust out the Nintendo. Play it, play some games. I gotta go home and get, get my Nintendo stuff. So yeah, I want to see that come back. I, I want to see Robo Warrior come back. Like Robo Warrior was kind of a like if Bomberman created a genre, Robo Warrior was like the 
kind of sci-fi series style Bomberman that told a story. <laughs> and you were like, like with Robo Warrior, you were like, imagine if Bomberman was an RPG and you were navigating through a world and you had to blow up the terrain, battle enemies, find power ups and things. Like, imagine that. <laughs> it's awesome. My dad loved Robo Warrior and I would love to see that come back. I'd love to play it as he watched and like let him tell me to do shit and I do it. <laughs> like, oh, you need to go over there. That'll get you the thing. I'm like, yep. <laughs> so that'd be awesome. Damn. There's one more and it's on the tip of my tongue. You know what? You know what I've been waiting for? Um, Super Mario RPG just because I love the shit out of that and I want Nintendo to remake that in some form because that game was absolutely awesome. And I played the shit out of that on the Super NES and mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been waiting for them to just revisit that. Like they've done Mario RPGs, but more from the perspective of, you know, like Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. But they haven't done Super Mario RPG. And that was that game just blew my mind. And if they brought back those characters, Gino and mellow and all the <laughs> <laughs> so have you gotten yourself a snes classic yet no nah, i haven't but i know it's on you there. know super mario rpg's on there yeah i know <laughs> no ain't dub got it at the cream <laughs> <laughs> oh with final fantasy 6 damn all that time i spent playing diablo i could have been playing final fantasy 6 yeah <laughs> so good yeah. I got I got Saga Frontier in my on my wish list, just waiting for that to go on sale. Oh, so many good classic games at Live Alive. We didn't even know what the fuck that was, and it got the 2.5 D treatment. So that's uh, something that's that's a possibility. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I definitely can't wait to play that game. Square is seeing the light. Yeah. So hopefully people show up and we continue <laughs> to get we continue to get these modernizations. Like a game doesn't have to be remade. It can just be visually overhauled and it'll be much the same effect. Like our imaginations were doing so much heavy lifting with these games. And if they just gave us something with modern visuals, same game, just modern visuals, shit will pop. I agree. But I'm all out of quick hits, my good man. You got anything else for the folks? I got nothing else. This is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Control Issues!